Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number nine. Thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you're doing well as always. Um, I just want to begin um, this particular episode um, with obviously um, a hot topic on the news front, both the mainstream and the alt media sphere or the truther world if you want to call it that the so-called wildfires uh in hawaii on the uh, island of maui of course and you've probably all seen the footage of these um burnt out streets burnt out properties that um look a lot like recent fires we've seen in florida and um australia of course and within the mainstream media this is fitting within the whole concept of um this is another example of uh, climate change global warming yada 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 we know we know the skit the routine by now what i what what i want to share though is um sort of a cautionary note in terms of how easy it is to just go from one spoon-fed narrative to the old media one which at the moment tends to be well it has to be a uh, a directed energy weapon. We've also heard, um, seen reports that a book was published on Amazon literally within hours or days of the event, uh, talking uh, in very descriptive terms about the fires on the island of Maui. We've also heard reports of the governor, the governor, sorry, the governor of Hawaii, Josh Green, apparently. He's a tribe member. He ticks all the WEF boxes. Um, he's an advocate of 15-minute sitters, etc., etc., etc. So the usual kind of thing when these things break, I will tend to sort of look at websites like Truth Seeker, where they will have um, you know a good mix of articles. But I think it's important not to just do the normal knee-jerk reaction because at the end of the day. If this is some kind of directed energy weapon and these dark predatory forces have access to this weapon, you can fall into the trap again of thinking, oh my God, these forces are completely omnipotent. They can literally just dial up any geolocation on the earth and, and fry it like toast. I think, you know, if they do have access to this technology, I, I honestly don't know. Um... But again, to me, it's just a sign of their weakness. It's like, wow, look at these amazing toys that we have. We can fry the earth. And it just puts me in mind of, you know, when I was um, when I was a young lad, we had this phenomena of boy races. We don't have it so much now because youngsters, well, um, they don't really need to drive anymore because of this thing called the Internet, of course. You know, they can live their lives through, um, through a device. But when I were a young lad growing up in the late 80s, an early 90s in South London, in Croydon Town, um, it, you know, for us young lads, it was all about getting some wheels. And I was um, very much into kind of Formula One at the time, rallying um, or anything motor related. And uh, yeah, that was um, finally I was, could have some sense of freedom. Anyway, you had this phenomena of um, the boy racer and he would go along rev his engine and you know look at me or you know i'm the big man and you know obviously it's also known as sort of like small penis syndrome small man syndrome 
And to me, this is what I equate with these, what, what should we call them? I don't know, you know. Empire, as Neil Kramer says, the human administration of a supernatural force, which I really quite like. It's a nice little distillation there. The globalists. I get, I get fed up of using all these clunky terms on all my broadcasts. I just like saying the dark predatory forces because that's what they are. Uh, and is it a form of evil? Yes, of course it is, especially with what they're trying to do. Uh, which will fail the sexualization of young children, which by anyone's definition is uh, a very gross form of evil. Anyway, so yeah, they're just, you know, it's just like the boy racer rev revving his engine. Look, we've got this toy. We can fry any part of the earth if they do have access to it. It certainly doesn't look like a wildfire to me. So just be careful. That's all I would say, a cautionary note today. Um, don't do what I used to do, which is, you know, then from that extension, well, if they can just pick a geolocation on the Earth, fry it. I mean, what else have they got up their sleeve? We're all screwed. We're all fucked. Far from it. Far from it. To me, this is just, you know, they're flashy toys. It's a dying, it's a dying, um, a dying phenomena, this predatory force, as we know. I don't want to get into the reasons why. I feel like I'll, I'll be repeating myself once again. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, and again, it speaks to this uh, whole idea of um, sort of um, uh, losing my train of thought here. There's so many things that we don't know or we don't have. Um, we can't know. I mean, we'll never ultimately know um, whether this was um, a directed energy weapon that was used on the island of Maui. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, the only the only way if you if it's something that really bugs you, and perhaps you're an American citizen, so you can travel uh, a lot easier to Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands, than us uh, European citizens can, would be to actually travel there, to actually travel to the island, speak to the people who uh, were unfortunately caught up in this um, tragic event, really quite tragic event, hearing some horror stories of, you know, bodies being washed up ashore and what those people have gone through. Um, and then you might be able to um, stitch together, formulate a kind of idea of what happened. Did they see flashing, swirling lights in the sky? What did they see? You know, why did the authorities, uh, like in the aftermath of, aftermath sorry of hurricane katrina why were they so slow um why were they so slow to respond you know what 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 was actually um what what was actually occurring when these um when these fires um when these fires took hold i mean i also think there's a kind of psychological dimension if this was a place you know uh, that the dark predatory forces chose uh, to you know throw away throw away you know to um to sort of demonstrate what they how tough they are to swing their huge wang to everyone how powerful they might think they are um the psychological aspect is that much like during covid that the most authoritarian regimes was in new zealand new zealand under that awful creature jacinda ahern i'm not even sure as many have said if she's human or not, that awful woman, whatever she is, and of course in Australia, 
Uh, and I think the psychological element to that is that Australia and New Zealand, um, certainly within a European context, are seen as, you know, the kind of places where we go to escape because it's um, generally thought that Australians have sunny dispositions. Is you know, a lot of Brits want to emigrate to Australia and have a completely new life because it's they've got space and it, the kind of dynamism that seems to be lacking more and more um, within, within, you know, the urban cityscape of the UK. So I think, and similarly, Hawaii is, is high. The Hawaiian islands are high on a lot of people's um, bucket list. It is um, the islands are a dream location, if you want to put it like that. So I think there is a psych perhaps that's a psychological element of why they chose the island of Maui. Uh, again, I always think you, when we look at these uh, events, it's important to look at the psychological aspect. And just l lastly, I just want to move on to another news story um, in a short while is that just be careful. Don't fall into the trap of, you know, um, just absorbing all this sort of information that you get in the alt media, which from my mind, is just as prescriptive as what you get in the mainstream media. So, you know, like I just said a moment ago, I looked at the Truth Seeker website and I saw various articles about how this looks like a directed energy weapon. And again, I'm not saying it, um, it isn't, but I'm also, you know, I, I, I can't, unless I'm actually there to see this weapon being used, I can't say that it, that it, it definitely is. So it's just to do your own investigation. Do do your own um, do your own research and um, and and come to um, your own conclusions. I just want to finish on this particular point by saying, you know, in in the midst of all of that, we can forget the suffering of the people. You know, it's um, probably hundreds. It's looking like hundreds who've who've been killed in this awful, which looks like um, you know, it's not a to me anyway you know when you see the footage again of the burnt out buildings and um still burnt to ash to nothing and yet you've, you've got blackened and charred trees to me to me it makes no sense it makes no sense and i know the like for the likes of thomas sheridan i watched his latest video yesterday he's very sort of hypercritical of truther narratives that um seek an explanation such as directed energy weapons but for me um i understand that kind of view but it doesn't look like um it doesn't look like a natural wildfire to me um that's just my perspective um you know on it and uh, again it's just um it's just such a it's such a shame that people have to suffer um, unnecessarily in this instance it, it really is so yeah that's just something um, I wanted to share today is to not just um, go down follow a knee-jerk reaction uh, and to formulate um, to formulate your own ideas to formulate your own response and also to learn to detach because ultimately we, we will um, never know unfortunately the truth of what has actually happened. Anyway, I just want to, um, in my news section today, just pick up on a another story, a uh, very, very interesting story, actually, um, so uh, pertaining to the UK. So it, it came to light that um, 
and this whole idea of weaponized immigration. So it came to light from Office for National Statistics, their official figures. It came to light that one in three um, births, newborns, last year, uh, one in three were born to non-UK-born mothers. Uh, I think it was a, the stats show about 100, that worked out to something like 150,000 babies were born to non-UK-born mothers. Now, of course, whenever we have these conversations about race, ethnicity, immigration, you know, the wording becomes so charged and within the mainstream you can't talk about it because immediately you're accused of being a far-right hater uh, who um, is is intolerant and, and um, you know such and such we all we all know the story but there you go you know this <laughs> you can't get more mainstream than stats from the ONS of course the Office for National Statistics there it is right in your your right in your right in your face along with um, the stats also compared to previous years the birth rate is dropping quite dramatically here in the UK so. I know the whole idea of white replacement, and that means obviously white European replacement, is spoken of in terms of um, conspiracy theory. But, you know, these these stats, these system stats show, well, maybe that isn't, um, maybe that isn't a conspiracy theory. And as we know, with weaponized migration or weaponized immigration, it is deliberately, as many people have said, it's deliberately being used to destabilize the coherency of um, Western societies and urban and and cityscapes, and that's not to you know, not to you know say that I mean any ill will towards migrants or immigrants. They are in a lot of instances, you know, they are just innocent victims of a of a kind of um, how should we say a uh, an agenda that they're completely unaware of. And, you know, who who am I to say that they shouldn't have the right um, to flee from war, war-torn um, areas? But, you know, just some anecdotal evidence. Uh, I recently um, attended a funeral in, in my, um, as I was saying before, actually, my hometown of Croydon, driving through the suburbs towards the north of Croydon, um, towards the borders or into Lambeth actually Streatham and it's been 21 years since I've moved from Croydon and just driving through the streets you can see how the um, you know the ethnic demographic and I use such words without being accused of being racist how it how it was um, how it has changed whereas you know 20 years ago when I lived in Croydon the um, suburbs of Croydon, the nicer areas, were still predominantly white, if I'm able to see such a thing. And as I was driving through the suburbs of South Croydon, as I was just saying, towards Lambeth and Streatham, it was literally spot the white person. You know, most people, if I use, you know, <laughs> try to use language that isn't inflammatory, most people, um, most people did appear, you know, to be foreign so this whole idea of white replacement the goal of the dark predatory forces you know along with all their other crazy bloody schemes it's just insane really um you know we can't deny um 
that they do seem to be achieving something in terms of this um, this particular agenda. And it is again when you when you remove um, inflammatory words or that can be seen to be inflammatory words, and you just say when you have people non-indigenous people moving into areas in high numbers and if they don't you know integrate and this whole idea of um, diversity and multiculturalism in a lot of instances as we know is a myth because new migrants of course when they move to uh, urban areas within the UK in this instance they want to when they want to live with people who come from the same culture who came or come from the same religion or come or who come from um, you know the same types of nationalities that's perfectly understandable but when that happens you have what's been called as sort of kind of the a balkanization effect and if the integration isn't going on it completely distorts the kind of social makeup of areas and you know it was quite it was quite interesting to see to see with with my with my own eyes because when I was living in Croydon what typically happened what my own parents did really which today would be seen as being racist the northern parts of Croydon uh, closer to London where there always was historically going back to the 60s and 70s uh, a higher proportion of ethnic minorities so people would you know white people would move to the suburbs the um, of, of Croydon which was further out near a Surrey and that's where the, the higher um, kind of house prices happen to be. Whereas now, that distinction between North Croydon and South Croydon, that distinction just seems to have gone. Certainly, you know, from my from my own eyes, I'm not saying that South Croydon, the suburbs are any less um, desirable, but that distinction has gone. So obviously, you are having this phenomena of what is described as white flight. Which again is probably um, seen as discriminatory, um, discriminatory language. Anyway, I just wanted to to bring up that the news um, from the Office for National Statistics, which is where I thought it's kind of interesting. The reason why I wanted to raise it again is how often you know I talk in terms of the mainstream media and I talk in terms of the truther community, the alt media, but this is where you know the lines become kind of blurred because these are official mainstream kind of um irrefutable stats if you like so yeah anyway i'm just going to move on now um i want to pick up something a little bit that i've spoken about um recently uh when i uh, on my uh, show into the void when i was looking at why is it that most people a lot of people around us perhaps our own friends and family don't seem to value truth don't seem to value uh personal sovereignty as we saw during covid and have no insight in concepts around what a, the nature of um reality etc etc and on that sort of theme i want to pick up today what differentiates and what's the main difference excuse me sorry between the free thinking um, lucid human being who who values truth, who is you know really very much extremely interested in the nature of reality and why we're here and why we incarnate on this sh very strange planet, increasingly 
So what's the difference between that type of human being and the unconscious normie or the unconscious sleepwalker who has no interest in that at all? And of course, that is their, you know, that is their want. There's, there's no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, labelling here. I'm not getting into what is right or wrong. That's, that's people's, if that's what, how they want to live. I personally think it comes down to a very, very simple uh, concept and a very, very simple idea in it. And that is that your average unconscious normie, if I can use such term, those who, you know, are asleep at the wheel. I just think because of the way society is structured and all the propaganda, the nature of the education system, how we are conditioned within the family unit as individuals, we just lack confidence and self-belief. And I think uh, confidence and self-belief naturally arises when, as, as an individual, we do gain a truer concept of um, reality. Because within mainstream society, we're, we're brought up to be victims, really, uh, along with you know having lack of personal uh, responsibility. So because we don't really believe in ourselves, because at our core, we think we are just you know spinning on this rock uh, we came into being through accident and, uh, and happenstance and you know we really do not have any sovereign power as such because of that perspective of life um when bad things happen to us like you know relationship problems career issues uh, illnesses um we play the victim and we step into this idea of lack of uh, personal responsibility and we attribute it to bad luck misfit misfortune if we are religious perhaps not spiritual but religious we would say well it's the lap of the gods that's why we've befallen this um misfortune and we've all heard people haven't we endlessly talk endlessly talk about oh i always meet the wrong person that's why you know my relationships are always so dysfunctional so there's no real concept of that everything that happens to us there is no bad luck. Everything bad luck. So everything that happens to us, on some level, we have drawn it. We have energized. We have magnetized it towards us, in order to aid our growth and um, personal development. And of course, um, this speaks to the idea of everything happens for a reason. And just furthermore on this point, you know within the mainstream and with this constant um, identity politics and wokeism and this encouragement that everything's about people being a victim uh, within society. That's the whole, you know, the whole purpose of uh, identity politics and left-wing uh, uh, left type progressive um, ideology. But the beauty, if you like, of walking the path, of taking the exit door, is 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 this sort of realization that a life there that that life is possible beyond pain and and suffering but to say that within a kind of mainstream understanding of life and existence you 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 you'd be um shouted down as a heretic uh as as a mad person there's no way no life is all about suffering you know I'm not talking about a Buddhist interpretation. I'm talking about a sort of mainstream interpretation. That doesn't mean that life isn't constantly challenging and it, and it is hard. But at least when you are walking the path or at least seeking deeper meaning to life, 
when you've got that broader uh, understanding or broader context of, of life on board, it does mean it's easier to bear the, to bear the discomfort of life because um, you, you've got a you've got a broader kind of broader perspective if you like you've got a broader a broader awareness on board sort of thing so yeah I just wanted to bring um, bring that to your to your attention um, today because during the week it's been something that's been um, been playing on my mind because I think sometimes when I've heard uh, people online uh, talk about this issue they sort of overcomplicate it but I think it really just to finish on the page it just comes down to a lot of people just lack that self-confidence and, and belief in themselves uh, I think that's um, I think that's really what what it stems on and then from there we have a sort of society that's built upon promoting um, promoting victim status uh, as I was just saying anyway I'm just going to move on now um, in today's episode of Into the Void and something else that's been on my mind um, it's been on my mind a lot this week and that's this idea of um, sort of the illusion of choice and the illusion of choice I think uh, I'm making reference to the whole mediascape the whole um, you know streaming and downloading uh, and I think this is one of the real key aspects of the general illusory nature of reality and, and mainstream society and, and is a key example of the kind of gross distortion or gaslighting that goes on. Because obviously we're now living in, in, an, in an era, sorry, where we have access to media like we've never had before. I mean, the choice, the illusion of choice and i explain in a moment why i believe it's an illusion but literally we, we we are said to have access to thousands and thousands if not millions of movies through um, platforms uh, audio at least through platforms like spotify spotify we have netflix we have amazon prime we have literally disney and all sorts of um kind of platforms um that we can that we can use and in the midst of all of this in recent years perhaps even you know last decade or so many millions of people have been uh, getting rid of their uh, um, hundreds of CDs and they've been getting rid of um, their DVDs as well and their blu-rays and, and all the rest of it which was once you know what everyone wanted blu-ray was de rigueur you know that's what everyone um, was after but now all now uh, actual physical media is um is is seen to be surplus to requirements um and what we get is the the instant grat gratification of, of um streaming live services live services if you like but um the reason why i believe it's an illusion Let's just pick an example, okay, of your average consumer of all of this media. So your average consumer who has access to all these live streaming services will probably be working full time, okay? They have a family, um, perhaps they have elderly relatives they, they have to, to care for. Um, 
as we're living in an era where there's uh, high needs constantly and so much dysfunction, one of those children is probably autistic or they've got Asperger's. They may well have um, stepkids. Now, as you know, for those of you who um, work full time, you kind of rise quite early. And by the time you've got home, it might be six, seven o'clock in the evening. And by the time you've cooked your meal, attend, you know, attended to the needs of your children, etc., you probably uh, have barely less than a couple of hours per day at most to actually consume this media. But as we know, the uh, one of the benefits it is said of um, having these live streaming download services is that we get this instant gratification. We can consume uh, the media, um, you know, at, uh, just at a click or a stroke of our, our finger. But... The, the, real, the real point to make is that the amount of hours in a day, even if people are looking at um, their smartphone or dumb phones on the bus or perhaps at lunchtime, the, the, the cold hard re reality is, once they've attended to all their other numerous needs, is most people actually don't have time. to con They don't have much time, sorry, I should say at all, to consume all this media. So um, really, it's just a complete illusion. So having got rid of hundreds and hundreds, as many people have done, of DVDs and got rid of their CD collection, to me, it's, it's just been a complete waste of time. Why have they done that? And again, it's, it's, it's just a case of gaslighting how most people are, are happy to, to follow the herd. Uh, you'll probably be happy to hear, of course, I've kept my CD collection. And I and I have kept my DVD collection. Not that I've got a bar. Not that either is a particularly vast collection. But when I listen to um, when I listen to uh, an album, dare I say, a CD, old school there, or I watch a movie, a DVD, I want to be immersed in the experience. I don't. I certainly don't want to want to watch it um, on on the on the on the fly on the go, so to speak. And I just think um, the way in which we consume media, um, you know, the way in which we listen to um, an album or a song, the way we watch a film, that's dramatically changed. It's dramatically changed, and it's less—it's much less now of an an immersive, uh, immersive experience. And of course, luckily, we still live in a world, you know, whereby we can make these choices. You know, no one's telling us how we should consume our media. That may change with the development of AI. In AI, of course, when things are just literally beamed into people's head. And that's a little bit, a little bit of a characterization. Uh, but people are already, and I've had this experience talking about whereby they think um, platforms or however you want to describe Facebook or Meta or whatever it's called, is already reading people's minds because uh, ads pop up for this for, for the most obscure things that people haven't even searched Google for or haven't spoke to people on their dumb phones. So they, it's not like they could have retrieved the data. So so perhaps Facebook, Evil Corp, are already reading people's minds. But overall, the way in which we consume media and the point I'm making in terms of how We've got the illusion of choice. It is, again, part of this general um, 
it's part of this general dumbing down um general general dumbing down of society and also when you don't own the physical media um you know what happens if the internet goes down um just an example like the latest uh the latest iteration or version of sky tv here in the uk their most up-to-date package uh glass is all based on the internet so if the internet goes down you can't watch uh you can't even watch live broadcast tv uh terrestrial tv let alone you know the wonders of amazon prime and netflix so so that means that you're even more uh, beholding to the system. I mean, hopefully the internet won't ever go down on a large scale. But we've all had um, we've all had days where we have internet outages. I mean, my internet seems very um, very ropey, as we say in the UK, very dodgy. Um, when we get heavy rain, it just seems to dip out, and I mean for quite long periods of time, several minutes. So, you know, as we know, when it comes to um, when it comes to technology, nothing is um, nothing is uh, ever guaranteed. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that to your awareness this week. So what I want to talk about next uh, on this particular recording is I'm going to just share um, a key aspect of my own particular rather arduous journey at times. And this is um, what constitutes for me a real a huge... Um, shift in my own personal awareness and it's when I began to realize really and this was um the fallout from covid again sorry to mention the dreaded c word but it's when I began to shift my understanding of the world and how it's controlled and manipulated and again mentioning the dark predatory dare I use the work satanic forces <laughs> Um, and their alleged plan to enslave humanity. And the, sh the huge shift in awareness that I experienced is that there, there there's this, was this sort of shift to going from, oh, it's completely inevitable. There's nothing that humanity can do. There's nothing that we can individually or collectively do. Basically, humanity is fucked, and these dark predatory forces, their plan is all coming into viewing now. My, the shift in awareness was... was was um, that I now kind of came to a perspective in the early days of COVID, actually, they're just weak and pathetic. And the fallout from COVID, at least initially from my perspective, was that because evil is really revealing, revealing itself, these forces are far from omnipotent, anything but. Actually, they're weak and puny and pathetic because once uh, evil reveals itself in such an obviously crass way, it's like the card trick or the confidence trick is, is revealed. And, and there's kind of like, there's, there's no putting the genie, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. And um, yeah, that was a massive shift for me. And that's why I wanted to share it. Because if we look at history and um, events such as World War One and World War Two, and as we know, kind of they were manipulated in, into being uh, and um, these dark forces, they would say these were great successes because I think the, the Second World War alone, military and civilians killed around about 55 to 60 million people. And as we know, this is, a, you know, an extremely evil force. And from their perspective, they would chalk that down and 
First World War, of course, as um, a great victory for them. And they obviously manipulated world leaders and ideological forces to bring this about. This is this wasn't an organic event that just came about in the first in the instance of the First World War, because Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated um, on the streets of Sarajevo. Of course, there were other hidden forces. And um, I remember at the time when I looked into all of this back in the day, I, I did kind of lose myself to the idea that there's nothing we can do to stop these demons, if you like. Let's, let's just call them demons for now. There's nothing we can do to stop these demons because they, you know, they control the media, they control the military, they control it all. But the, the big shift that I had during the early days of COVID was to this awareness or this understanding. Actually, with COVID, they're trying to control so much that actually it's all falling apart. It's like when you grip something, when you try and control a physical object and you have your hands grasped around it, the tighter you try and um, hold that thing, actually, the more likely it's going to just break free um, from your grip. So again, we're back to something that's spoken about endlessly, of course, the, the metaphor of the Wizard of Oz uh, and the, the, little, um, the little guy between... The behind the curtain, sorry, blowing, blowing into his megaphone and shifting, shifting the levers, you know, during COVID and subsequently with these alleged wildfires, um, we can, we can really, we can really see this, this, the, we can, we can see this de demonic force. We, we can, we can see this evil, and they really are. They really are um, getting desperate now, but but perhaps that is where the danger is. In the um, you know, when uh, let's let's look at it through the lens of psych psychopathy. Of course, when a psychopath is is is, is cornered, um, kind of metaphorically speaking, they they can never they they'll never admit that they're wrong, and they'll just carry on and they carry on and they carry on. So. With these demons, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, a case of, well, what will they try next? But by the same token, we shouldn't we shouldn't kind of like become obsessed or fret about the next big thing is a lot of what I see, as I have mentioned before, on Facebook and other social media platforms. You know, so it's like what's happened on the island of Mao. It's like, oh, my God, what are they going to do to us next? Oh, my God. You know, they have um, such amazing ability to, to to pull off excuse me is a rather rude phrase to to um you know to make these things happen they seem to have this amazing mystical power well um by the same token of course we there are forces for light uh, and there is always there are always like um there is always there is always there is always the counterbalance and and just to mention covid again um you know for all um for for everything that was going on here in the UK and for all the unashamed authoritarianism which was just right in your face we had this system whereby we could fight these dark forces we had a system of something called a little lanyard which had um because obviously the system had to pander to the wokies um people who um didn't want to wear a face mask they could claim exemption by wearing this lanyard. Uh, and it, towards the end of COVID, I just got so fed up of having to explain myself to people. Why, why aren't you wearing a mask? 
when I was feeling a little bit lazy, I would go into shops wearing the lanyard. And of course, because of, you know, this is where, again, where they had to pander to the, to the Wokies. Um, but actually, in a way, it was kind of like a way you could, you could um, use the system against itself. So I began to use this lanyard, which meant I didn't have to, um, which meant I, I didn't have to wear a mask. But again, that's another example of whereby uh, we could stand up to these dark forces just by wearing a lanyard around our neck, which again just speaks to the idea of how weak and path pathetic these demons actually are. You know, and again, it speaks to the Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Oz analogy, whereby um, you know the, the the Dark Witch, the Black Witch, she was she was defeated ultimately just when Dorothy um, poured water on her. I think it was Dorothy, and she just evaporated. You know, so these forces or empire, as Neil Kramer. Um, calls them or this movement for darkness or this attempt to put place humanity in a satanic gulag ultimately you know they will be defe defeated and, and ultimately they they will they will they will leave this planet and and humanity um humanity will um pros prosper so to speak anyway um i just want to move on again now um to um to just share some of my own kind of like um, philosophy. That's one of the point of Into the Void, sharing my musings. Something that came to me um, this week in terms of, you know, what's happening within society and why things look so crazy and why things look so messed up and how it can be hard to keep our own sense of self, our own sovereignty. I was talking about a, a little bit earlier and our own sanity, perhaps most importantly of all, is that, you know, to remember, to remember that um, no matter what is going on in your life, and, and I'm not preaching a sermon here, I'm just sharing, as I say, just some thoughts. I'm, you know, this isn't, this isn't the, the cold-hearted truth, I'm just sharing my perspective. But more and more, what I am realising in the midst of all the craziness is, you know, how sacred life is and it's, it's important to remember that um, when we feel everything so much is out of our control when we see all these agendas like fires and you know economic collapse and fake pandemics and all the rest of it uh, and we become fixated on all of these things outside of our d domain of control and perhaps a lot of people you know are experiencing huge personal problems at the moment and issues as everything is, is getting shaken up. It is important to remember that, you know, everything does have, has, everything does have value, no matter how small. I don't think it's contrite to say that. I think it's a kind of like a philosophy worth reminding ourselves of how, you know, just anything small or seemingly in insignificant does you know, is imprinted on our consciousness and does have some veracity or meaning, perhaps a glance or a smile from a stranger or a chance encounter. And I think it's really easy to lose sight of this or to lose this concept or meaning when we are weighed down by worldly concerns, trying to figure out 
all the time what is going on what's going to happen um what's going to happen next and i think just some of the way in which modern society the kind of paradoxical aspect of if you like of living in society which many of us do uh, we still have to navigate all the crazy norms all the woke norms the paradox is in the in a sense we're constantly being asked to judge to to give a rating to, to provide feedback and you know some of that you know if a company actually acts on that feedback i don't think they very often they do can be a good process but you know even when i visit my gp the doctors if you can get an appointment you know within hours you're pinged a text can you rate our service you know as we know there's this obsessive obsession with grading and rating everything and what that does is as we know it removes us from the true essence of life the subtlety of life you know our souls craving and yearning for real honest meaning and if i'm just going to put a dark hat on for a moment i think i really do think this is part of the transhumanist agenda the digital drive if you will the trans you know towards a very a kind of very binary world a coded zero or one world did you like your meal or didn't you? Did you have a good you know, experience at the doctor or didn't you? But as we know, the juice of life, the marrow of life, is really always somewhere in between. It always tends to be somewhere in between. And I think that's where our minds are becoming, you know, more and more uh, mechanistic, like the famous phrase from Charlie Chaplin you know, machine men and machine women. And I think, you know, with everyone who's got a bloody dumb phone either in their back pocket or their breast pocket 24-7, we do. And then these, don't get me wrong, these are amazing tools. Amazing tools, really, when you think about it, what, what, what we can use them for. But if we just um, lose sight of the fact that they are tools, and generally tools, you know, uh, a carpenter doesn't... Um, carry uh, uh, around his uh, lathe does he doesn't or, or chisel and, and uh, you know an electrician doesn't carry around his screwdriver uh, all day long or a plumber doesn't carry around his um, pair of pliers you know he puts them in his van or he, he has a place in a, in a garage where they're stored he doesn't carry them round. and I think you know everywhere I go now as you guys have probably noticed smart sorry Freudian slip, dumb phone, get it right, and dumb phone addiction or cell phone addiction is just now is a socially acceptable norm. Everyone is addicted to their phones. And this is, you know, I do worry about this. This is an aspect of life and the future. I know I shouldn't. That does worry me. What, what is that going to lead to? Is that going to lead to a widespread acceptance? of transhumanism and I think some people will um, I think some people inevitably if it makes their life easier will go down uh, will 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 go down that route and you know that is their that is their alleged free will choice to do that anyway back to the point I'm making here yeah I just wanted to share this idea of you know don't forget uh, if you are getting caught up again certainly with these um, fires on the island of Maui 
obsessing about what's coming next, you know, etc., uh, etc., et and some new variant of COVID allegedly. It's just to try and focus on those small things in your in your life, uh, as I've been trying to do, because as we know, as and as has been said by philosophers and sages down the ages, ultimately we are not in control uh, of our existence. We don't have any sort of kind of egoic control of our existence, uh, our higher self, if you want to call it that, or our soul. If you believe in the concept of a soul and a higher self, self is, is ultimately... Um, is ultimately in control and I think um, that is something that is always worth remembering remembering I should say anyway thank you for listening to me today uh, listening to me sharing my uh, amusings on on my thoughts I've been having this weekend anyway um, yeah I hope again life is is treating teaching treating you well during these rather bizarre times and I uh, look forward um, to speaking to you all again next week. Bye for now.